What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm your host here, Hayes. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Zach Levine and Alice Caruso's rankings on the top 25 shooting guards in the NBA list, Lonzo Ball on the point guard list, or is he? And we'll also talk about where Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan ranked on the most dominant players per position per Beecher Report. And then lastly, I'll be giving my Chicago Bulls, Mount Rushmore, and I want to hear from you on yours as well. Let's get into all that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So first up, uh, hey, thanks for joining. We are a 10 days away from the one-year anniversary episode dropping, which will be hosted by Petty Roosevelt, hosting a roast of apparently me. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a fun episode. I can't wait to drop that one. We've got appearances from a lot of other Bulls content creators as well. So be on the lookout for that. But outside of that, let's go ahead and move into the content for today. So Zach Levine ranked number four on Hoops Hype's list of the best 20, the 25 best shooting guards in the NBA. Alice Caruso also ranked 20th on that list. And I, while I feel like, you know, I, I have some issues with the list overall, um, I feel like Zach Levine's ranking is pretty fair considering uh, this is based off last season, heading into this season. Uh, Zach did have an injury last season, so I do think he can move up. But more interesting is that they ranked De Devin Booker number one as the best shooting guard in the NBA followed by Jalen Brown, I'm sorry, followed by Donovan Mitchell as number two, and then Jalen Brown number three, and then Zach Levine being number four, rounding out the top five, uh, Anthony Edwards at number five as far as the best shooting guards in the list. Uh, Bradley Bill was number six. Uh, Clay Thompson was all the way down to number 13, ranked even below Jordan Poole. Uh, DeJounte Murray ranked number seven. CJ McCollum, number eight. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, number nine. So overall, Desmond Bain, number 10. The list is a very interesting list. Uh, you know, surprisingly, they had like Jordan Poole, Tyrese Maxey, um, uh, uh, Tyler Hero, all ranked above Clay Thompson at the shooting guard position, uh, which is a little surprising for me there. But, you know, Zach Levine being ranked number four, and even more surprisingly, Alice Caruso being ranked number 20th, um, I, I, I kind of I, I love where Alice Caruso is ranked. Let me be clear. The fact that he's in the top 20 of anything, um, you know, and, and listen, this is hoops hype. It's not like it's the biggest publication either. But I do, do do find it interesting that that's where people kind of view what the Chicago Bulls have on their roster at that shooting guard position. Of course, Kobe White didn't didn't make this list at all. But that being said, uh, Zach Levine being ranked number four, being ranked above. Above Bradley Bill, a player that, uh, you know, him, uh, Bradley Bill, Zach Levine, um, uh, Devin Booker have all kind of, you know, fluctuated as far as like people talking about top shooting guards in the East. I'm sorry, in the in the NBA. Um, but definitely Bradley Bill, Zach Levine um, talked about who's the best um, shooting guard in the Eastern Conference. I kind of like where everything sits right now. I do think that Zach Levine, I have Zach Levine right now above Bradley Bill. Um, I know some people may disagree with that, but considering the fact that, you know, once John Wall left from the Washington Wizards, they really haven't done much. That's similar to what Zach Levine did when he did not have very much around him either. Now, I do think that Bradley Bill is a better playmaker, but a decision maker down the stretch as well. But overall shooting guards, and I do think that Zach Levine is going to have be top 10 in the league in scoring this season. Uh, he was 12th in the league uh, last season, having a, a hurt season. I do think he can be top 10. I'm not going to say easily. He's going to absolutely take work. Hopefully those efficiency numbers get back to being where they were the season before last as well with him being healthy, full full health the season for Zach Levine. But these rankings, I think, for, for the Bulls players were pretty fair. It's just interesting how other things ranked as well. Um, let me know what you guys think about the rankings down below. But, you know, shout out to Zach Levine 
for getting that notice, getting that ranking. We'll talk about also where he ranked as far as the most dominant players and another list by Bleacher Report. But Hoopsype has Zach Levine as the number four overall shooting guard in the NBA. Let me know what you guys think about that one uh, down below. Let me know what you think about the list overall. Do you think there are any other players that were ranked too low? Like, I think Klay Thompson at number 13 is kind of ridiculous, in my opinion. Um, I know hasn't like he's dealt with health issues and concerns and things like that, but it's Klay Thompson. Um, and I definitely can't get with like Jordan Poole, a player who was on his team and is still on his team, like being ranked above him. That's just something I don't see. But, you know, everybody has their own list. I want to hear from you guys down below on what yours is now. Uh, Hoopsype also released their top 20 ranked point guards in the NBA. And Lonzo Ball did not make that list at all. No appearances by Lonzo Ball in that top 20, which was kind of weird to me. I do think especially, you know, what came out recently about uh, 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 Lonzo Ball and his shooting. Uh, his shooting splits are some of the best in the NBA as far as like over 40 percent at every every type of shooting field that he can be in. Um, and, you know, it, it is what it is there. We also know the defender that Lonzo Ball is. He's uh, at this point by statistics and every ranking that we've seen a generational defender damn near. Um, so it was weird not to see him on this list. You got uh, Luka Doncic is number one on their list. Trey Young, number two. John ja Morant, number three, who I would rank Ja above above. Uh, above Trey Young, in my opinion. You also have Steph Curry coming in at number four. LaMelo Ball, number five on the list. Cade Cunningham, number six. Shea, uh, Shai Gilders Alexander, number seven. And then you also have Dame at number eight. Darius Garland at number nine. And DeJounte Murray at number 10, who was ranked on both the shooting guard and point guard list, which makes some sense, right? At this point in the time, uh, in the NBA, it's positionless basketball. A lot of players play multiple positions. Um, but you know, that list is an interesting list to me. Uh, you got Chris Paul all the way down at Chris Paul, ranked number 15. Marcus Smart, ranked number 16. Josh Giddy already at number 17. Jalen Brunson, number 18. Uh, you got Jamal Murray, number uh, 19. And Ben Simmons, number 20. No Lonzo Ball appearance at all in that list. And I would personally rank Lonzo Ball above Ben Simmons, considering if you're taking what they did last season in consideration, Ben Simmons didn't even play last season. We still don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons. Is he even playing this year? So, you know, that's where I sit at. They went only 20 rather than 25 on this list. I do think Lonzo Ball should have been ranked, especially if you're ranking Ben Simmons at number 20. Like, come on, man. He didn't even play. We don't even know what's going on with him. But let me know what you guys think about that point guard list. Do you think that is glaring as well, that Lonzo Ball is not ranked in the top 20 point guards in the NBA? Let me know what you guys think about that one down below. But moving on, so Bleacher Report had their ranking of the most dominant players Per position. While Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan did not rank in their respective positions in the list in that, what they did rank in is they did get honorable mission, mentions at their list. So Zach Levine got honorable mention at shooting guard. Um, as far as the shooting guard list and what they had, number three was Donovan Mitchell, number two was Paul George, and number one was Devin Booker as the most dominant point guards in the NBA with, like I said, Zach Levine getting an honorable mention on that list among uh, players like Jalen Brown, Shea Gilders, Alexander um, uh, as well, getting all honorable mention at that shooting guard list um, as far as the most dominant players at that position. Now, what I think here, Zach has to prove it, right? Zach has to be healthy. He has to get back to being efficient. He he did flirt with being that 50, 40, 90 player um, as far as that offensive efficiency. He also needs to kick in the defense, which we know as well. Stop the, the little ball handling issues he has, dribbling off his foot, um, make better decision making down the stretch like that. It's good to see him uh, in the honorable mention on this list. I can't really argue the fact that those other players listed have had more playoff success for one. Um, Devin Booker going far. We know once he got added with Chris Paul, Paul George, who's done great things. Donovan Mitchell. I, Donovan Mitchell is always one of those players that you can make an argument that he shouldn't be listed as far as most dominant because, you know, he ha has had a great 
um, center to cover up, you know, some of his defensive limitations. We'll see how that goes now with that trade that went down and in, in the new look Jazz. But looking at it for me, just kind of surprised that uh, that Donovan Mitchell made that list over a player like Jalen Brown, even if we're not talking about Zach Levine. Um, but the most dominant players at the sh- at the small forward position, number three was Jimmy Butler, number two, Kawhi Leonard, and number one, Jason Tatum, with honorable mentions going to DeMar DeRozan, Brandon Ingram, and Chris Middleton on that list as well. Pretty solid list there. Kawhi, health is 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 quite a bit of thing. Jason Tatum, it makes sense being number one. Jimmy Butler also makes sense being on that list, so I can't really um, ignore that. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, definitely a dominant player at his position. We know what he did, but he has to show it in the playoffs, and I think we're starting to see a lot of that reflected in the list as well. To talk about the other positions, most dominant power forwards in the league, they have number three is LeBron James, um, number two at Kevin Durant, and then number one at Giannis Antetokounmpo with the Milwaukee Bucks, with honorable mentions at that position, going to Pascal Siakam, Carl Anthony Towns, and Zion Williamson, who again, Zion didn't play any last season. Let's see what Zion gives us next season. And then the most dominant centers in the NBA, they gave it to number three, Rudy Gobert, number two, Joel Embiid, and number one, uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, who, listen, two-time reigning MVP, he definitely should be number one at that position. It makes sense for Joel Embiid to be number two as well. Rudy Gobert being number three kind of surprised me a little bit, but again, considering what his defensive numbers are and the fact that he's not, you know, people talk about Rudy Gobert like he's terrible offensively, but his offensive efficiency has been pretty solid as well. Rounding out that honorable mention list is Bam Adebayo, uh, Anthony Davis, and uh, DeMontis Sabonis are ranking out the, the most dominant players at that center position in the NBA. Again, let me know what you guys think about this list down below. Do you agree? Disagree? Do you think some Bulls players should have been listed on the honorable mentions that weren't? Sound off on everything down below. So let's go ahead and get into the next topic. So one of the things going around on uh, Twitter yesterday was the Chicago Bulls Mount Rushmore. And anytime a Mount Rushmore thing pops up, it's it's an interesting conversation to have. I'm not going to act like it's like it's it's it, it matters to a degree, but it was an interesting thing that did pop up. So I want to hear from you guys. Who are your on your Chicago Bulls Mount Rushmore? Keep in mind, only four. Don't get into listing five and six players. Who would be your four players listed on your personal Chicago Bulls Mount Rushmore? Some of the players mentioned uh, by some other people. Joe Cowley, for example, uh, he mentioned uh, on his list, it would be MJ Pip, Gilmore, and Jimmy Butler uh, was some of the people on his list. Uh, some of the people listed on like on tap sports they had, of course, MJ, Scotty, Joe Kim Noah, Derek Rose, with an honorable mention going to Kirk Heinrich as well. Uh, I kind of agree with on tap sports list here. If I'm looking at my Chicago Bulls Mount Rushmore, Scotty and Pip have to be on it, right? We know they're going to probably be on every every Mount Rushmore. Joe Kim Noah, who's my favorite Bull of all time, absolutely is going on my Mount Rushmore. And then you got to give it to the MVP. You can't not give it to the MVP and Derrick Rose. So while that may be a, a, a typical list, um, I can understand people having people like Bob Love on theirs as well. Just depends on how much of that era you kind of understand you've been around. But I definitely, you know, that's my Mount Rushmore. Uh, if I had to give it an honorable mention, it wouldn't go to Kirk Heinrich for me, even though Kirk, Kirk kind of deserves one. But I think it would go to Jimmy as my honorable mention. If we're going to give uh, four for sure, and then an honorable mention, it'll go to Jimmy Butler for me. I'm um, looking at like where he was selected, what Jimmy Butler turned into. Um, no, you know what? I got to take that back. Let me not, let me not buy into that. I got to take that back. That goes back. I'm not giving my honorable mention to Jimmy Butler. I'm not doing that. All. My honorable mention is going to Dennis Robin, even though not a bull for a long time, part of a three-peat, one, one titles here, had great, some of his best seasons of his career here in the Chicago Bulls. So yeah, I'm giving my honorable mention to Dennis Robin. All right. So that is it. Uh, not for the show overall. I do have one more topic that I want to get into you guys with, and that is looking ahead, right? 
a lot of Bulls fans have talked about, you know, the, the lack of movement this offseason. And I understand it, right? I've talked about it as well. We did expect. I did a whole bunch of series of videos on free agents and possible ones. Um, and, and the Bulls didn't really go after that. But the Bulls do have, as I've said before, renouncing rights of um, Kobe, Kobe White and Nikola Vucevic or not, just not resigning them or them signing with other teams. The Chicago Bulls can have $20 million in cap space next season. And one of the things that we have seen, some people may say, well, why would the Bulls renounce rights of Nikola Vucevic? Here, I got an interesting point with this, right? Keep in mind here. So follow me. We saw, for example, the Orlando Magic renounce the rights of Mo Bamba and then turn around and did sign him with cap space. If the Bulls do see a marquee free agent next offseason that they want to sign, that they have to use cap space for, they can renounce the rights of Nikola Vucevic, but still bring Nikola Vucevic back using the mid-level exception. And some may ask, why do you do that? Well, if you do that to free up and have that true cap space. Keep in mind, as long as you don't renounce rights or if they don't sign with another team, you don't have that cap space to sign players into that. So they technically could renounce the rights of Nikola Vucevic. He would have to be in agreement with this and know what's going on to go after a marquee free agent and then using that mid-level exception to then bring Nikola Vucevic back, at least part of that, depending on what type of money he does demand. So with the nature of that being said, how does that rank amongst other teams that can't have considerable cap space next season? It doesn't, it doesn't put them high, right? You got, you got a team like the San Antonio Spurs that could have $45 million in cap space. The Detroit Pistons who could have $60 million in cap space if they want to maximize it. That's if they waive Kelly Olenix, um, and then Alex Burks, Nolan's Noel, they can have $60 million in cap space. The Orlando Magic, even with what they did this offseason, could have $50 million in cap space. That would include waiving Jonathan Azix, uh, McCall, uh, Mikel Foltz, Gary Harris, Mo Bamba, and Bobo, who they all uh, can get to that point. The Indiana Pacers as well could have um, up to $50 million in cap space. So the Bulls aren't set. The Utah Jazz also could have $40 million in cap space. So that doesn't put the Bulls as far as having tons of cap space comparative to other teams that are going to have cap space. But if you look at it, especially the Bulls being a playoff team, having a core here, that $20 million in cap space, who could they go after, right? And this is looking way too far ahead, right? But this is to kind of contextualize. And so people who don't, aren't really capologists can know what the Bulls can do. You have players that they couldn't, Wave still bring back if they could. They could still bring back Nikola Vucevic on that full mid-level exception if he decides to sign for that amount of money while getting full cap space to go after players. Some of the players that are going to be free agents next season that could use that. Miles Turner, player that a lot of Bulls players have mentioned. Miles Turner could be one of those. Harrison Barnes. Again, Harrison Barnes, I think, wouldn't be a day one free agent signing. Brooke Lopez is set to be a free agent. Jeremy Grant. D'Angelo Russell, who no, no point in being interested there. Christian Wood, also free agent next season. Karis LeVert, Al Horford. Um, these are a lot of players. Yoke Porto, right? Porto, who a lot of Bulls players want as well. A lot of these players could be free agents next season. So would the Bulls, we've seen AK and Eversley get creative with the cap space. Could they use that $20 million to go after one of them? And then even still, if they want to bring Nikola Vucevic back, use that mid-level exception to bring them back. It could be an interesting thing. This is why I say it's checkers, not chess. Yes, the Bulls didn't make the move that a lot of us thought they were going to make this offseason. But they have so much more flexibility in next offseason, looking at some of the things that they can do with getting creative with how they use their cap space. We'll, of course, cover it. They could free up more cap space with making moves, things like that. We'll cover it, right? We'll continue to cover it and monitor it, but it is something that I wanted to put out there and mention that the Bulls could do to get creative 
with the cap space that they have available. Let me know what you guys think about that one down below, but that is it for me for today on Chicago Bull Central. Thank you so much for being the best part of Chicago Bull Central, whether you're viewing on YouTube, watching on, on uh, or listening on the podcast side, or doing a mixture of both. Thank you so much for being a part of Chicago Bull Central. You can follow the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and a voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys, not because of me. And I love you guys like I like to end every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. And see red, people. See red. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.